Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. Hey everybody, today is Sunday. It is the 4th of May 2014. Well, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to put out a show, so apologies for that. The uh, first missed week was due to home maintenance and stuff that just sort of had to get done and did not have the time to uh, go away from it. And then the second week, we actually took a mini vacation and went down to Tucson. Now, many of you guys know I live in Arizona in the Phoenix area, so Tucson is about oh, 100 miles or so south of here. And uh, we had lots of fun. Ended up going down to Colossal Cave and some other stuff. You know, it's one thing that's, that's nice about uh, taking a vacation in your own state you pretty much know all the gun laws. So if you have a, a permit or if your state is one that is uh, very gun-friendly, uh, you know that you can uh, pretty much go wherever you want to go with your firearm. Uh, you don't have to worry about uh, kind of treading on uh, some unknown laws because you're in an unfamiliar place. Which leads me to, I wanted to talk about uh, kind of a, a deal that I found on LA Police Gear. A lot of times when I am carrying, especially if I'm at a place where uh, to carry, uh, you know, the, I, I carry the, uh, the Glock 17. And for the most part, I'm able to uh, have that with me pretty much all the time uh, on body, so in a, uh, in a holster that's attached to me. However, there are some times, though, when just due to the nature of where you're going to be, that you may need to carry off-body. And if you don't have an off-body option, you may not have an option to have a firearm with you. And uh, anyway, getting back to the uh, LA Police Gear thing, there right now is a thing called a... It's made by Maxpedition. There is the Fatboy Versapack and also the Jumbo Versapack. And they're doing, I think, some overstock stuff 
The uh, jumbo, I want to say, is sixty four ninety five. Normally, they're about a hundred bucks. Now, you could get them on Amazon uh, for around this same price, the, the same sixty four ninety nine. In fact, when I went on Amazon uh, to find the jumbo, I uh, the ones I found were were around like sixty nine dollars. So, depending on what shipping is going to be with LA Police Gear. You may, if, if you found a free shipping thing through um, through Amazon, I know LA Police Gear has free shipping on stuff that's uh, like ninety, dollars or $90 or something like that and over. Now, of course, this is below that. But if you were going to buy something else anyway, uh, you could probably get that and uh, maybe get the best price. Um, anyway, the reason I wanted to talk about sort of the off-body stuff is a lot of times it gets kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of, a bad rap, I guess, maybe philosophically on, on how you're going to carry. But the, the reality is, you know, if that's maybe the only way that you're going to be able to carry in a certain environment, then that's what you should do. Now, a, a few years ago, I actually kind of made my own version of the uh, the Fatboy uh, VersaPack. Um, Expedition used to carry, I don't know if they still do, but they used to carry a thing called a Manta. And what that was, it was sort of like a the base platform, so to speak, of kind of like how you would attach it to your, you know, the strap so it could go across your body. So kind of think of it like almost like a uh, an example would be maybe like the front of a plate carrier. You know how it's got all the molly webbing on it and everything. That's kind of what that Manta sort of looks like. And then what I did is I bought a, uh, a 511 large pouch and I was able to put that on that VersaPak Manta, which is, uh, it has a concealed carry pouch in it, the, the actual Manta. And then you, you can attach the other, you know, things to it. So anyway, when I saw that these were on sale, my when I when I bought mine, I think they were discontinuing that Manta and then the pouch. So it came out. I think I paid like thirty bucks for the Manta and then maybe another twenty dollars or so for the for the pouch. It may even be a little bit cheaper. But basically, it was a way that I could get into something that at the time costs around you know about a hundred dollars, and I could get in for you know well under probably half the price. So. If you, I'd like to hear from you guys if anybody does do kind of off-body, you know, and carries the man purse. I carry mine uh, on a pretty regular basis, and even when I am uh, have the gun on me in my holster, a lot of times I still have my man purse with me uh, because I carry stuff in there for my daughter. It's also a real handy way to have some extra ammunition uh, and things like that on you as well. So in looking at both the... Um, the Fat Boy Versa Pack and the Jumbo Versa Pack. Now, the Fat Boy, excuse the mic noise here. Um, the Fat Boy, let me pull this up here again real quick. Is the smaller of the two? The Jumbo is almost like a, uh, I, I almost want to call it like a mini, um, almost like a mini briefcase type thing or a mini duty bag. It's actually pretty, pretty big. And the fat boy is more, it's smaller. Um, and I think they're going for around like $60. Normally they're around, you know, like 85, 86, something like that. 
Uh, and again, you could probably find them on Amazon or if you, you, you looked around. Um, but the, um, there's a, uh, another thing. Well, let me, let me talk about one thing kind of with mine, the deal that I kind of cobbled together. One of the reasons that it was, um, kind of going as a closeout was that these were sort of the first kind of runs of these. And so on the first runs of a lot of this stuff, let's say if you had a green one or a brown one, the zippers and the buckles were all black. And so um, if you're looking to be a little bit more discreet, especially with where the firearm is, it's better to have something that the zipper is the same color as the material. And when you look at them, you kind of know. You'll kind of get the idea a little bit more. Um, If I wanted something maybe for everyday carry, what I would probably go with would be the actual Fat Boy Versa pack, as opposed to the um, the Jumbo. The Jumbo is just it's super large. Um, now the Jumbo would be uh, probably a good one if you. Oh, I'm trying to think. Maybe if you were going on vacation somewhere and you wanted to and you needed to carry a lot of stuff with you, you could wanted to carry like camera equipment and other things, but you still wanted to have the ability to be armed. Um, you know, and that, uh, anyway, this is kind of my recommendation uh, as, as sort of a, what I think would be probably a pretty decent price. And like I said, you could go through Amazon.com and probably get something. If you do go through Amazon, I'd, I'd ask that you go maybe through the website and I can get a little bit of a finder's fee. Um, but anyway, um, on on that jumbo one, like I said, you can get a lot of stuff in there and it may be that you have so much stuff in there that it's, it's pretty heavy. But what's nice about having sort of the man bag is you can have, you can put some of your other stuff in there, but you can also kind of carry, um, uh, I, th- I think they have a, a place for maybe like a water bottle and they have a place for, um, but you could definitely use it almost like as a, a kind of an ammunition carrier as well as a, um, an extra place for a, for a small medical kit. You could easily put a tourniquet in these things and have some bandages and stuff like that. Um, you could also, if you wanted to use it, um, kind of as an additional, maybe like a rifle bag where you could in the inside of the bag, you could probably dump five or six, uh, AR 15 mags or five or six, uh, AK mags, put them in there. Um, or if you didn't have, you know, so anyway, uh, that's kind of my, uh, recommendation. I saw that those were, uh, kind of on sale. Um, but kind of getting back to the colored zippers on mine, the one that I cobbled together, I think, I, I think I probably already mentioned it, but anyway, my zippers are black. And so what it does is it does kind of draw attention that there is another zippered compartment there. And I wish that the zippers were the, were the brown color or the khaki color that my, uh, my bag is. Just because it would it would help just to keep it a little bit more discreet. Um, so anyway, like I said, that's kind of my recommendation on that. Uh, you know, it brings up kind of another interesting thing. Going down there to Tucson, uh, of course, you know, being an Arizona resident and all that, I am very familiar with the laws. I know where I can go, where I can't go as a person who is armed. Um, and we've talked about before, you know, when... When would you do something like engaging in civil disobedience? So, 
Let's say that you're going to a graduation dinner for your niece or your nephew or whatever, and um, their family has picked a restaurant that happens to have a, a no firearm sign. But so you haven't really chosen that, but you know, you're, so your choice at that point would be I'll either disarm and I'll leave my firearm in the car. Hopefully it's secure enough that it, if the car gets, gets broken into, that it doesn't get stolen. Or I won't, I just won't bring a firearm at all that day. Or the third one is I will, I'll, I'll go just bring it in. I'll just disregard the sign. Now, if, if you get made, uh, so if some, if somebody sees your thing prints or if somebody gives you a hug and they feel the thing and they're like, what is that? Do you bring a gun? You know, uh, especially if maybe some of your family members aren't as pro gun as you are. Uh, it does bring up a, a question of, you know, well, how would I carry where I just, I just don't want to be made at all. And, you know, you could look at things like, um, off body carry as a way to do that. So something like, you know, having that, uh, uh, kind of like a slung pouch or a slung bag or something like that that you could have that doesn't, and especially if you carry it around all the time, nobody's going to think twice about it. They, they won't even really see it anymore. It'll almost be like a woman's, a, a woman's purse. A lot of times when you look at a, uh, at a lady like walking down the mall, you don't, you're so, we're so used to seeing that handbag or that purse that you don't even really notice that she's carrying it. It's just, your mind just kind of blanks it out. And then after a while, if you carry one of these one of these bags around, whether you're whether you're carrying off body with it or not at that particular time, if if you carry it around all the time, it again it becomes just sort of like a shirt. Nobody really notices. It's just it's like oh yeah, that's just something he always has, and you know he keeps his daughter's you know crayons in there, or he keeps his son's uh, you know allergy medication or what you know whatever blah blah blah. So in that situation, you know, where you absolutely don't want to be made, having something like an off-body carry that's pretty discreet like that, you know, could be a way to go. And of course, because we're so immersed in the in the in the gun culture, so to speak, you know, we would see something like that and go, "Oh, I bet that guy's carrying." But most people won't. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the people out there absolutely won't even look twice at it. And in fact, I carry mine around pretty much all the time. And like I said before, whether I've got a firearm in it or not, I've got it with me so much that it's just, it's just kind of another thing. And I've, I've had people come up and approach me. They've asked like, oh, where did you get that? Or I'd like to have something like that for maybe in the truck or my car. Or, uh, you know, if I'm going on a hike, I'd like to have something like that. And then I kind of, you know, tell them what I did and blah, blah, blah. But whether those people that approached me knew that I was armed at the time, eh, I don't know. I've I've had a couple of people that did because they've they've said, "Oh, I've seen something like that." You know, does it have a place for concealed carry? And uh, you know, I've talked to them about that and stuff. So anyway, I think I've said anyway and and tried to get away from this subject as much as possible. So now we will go away. You can tell it's been a couple of weeks since I've been back in front of the mic. Let's talk about something. Uh, that's been in the news recently, uh, the last couple of weeks at least, and that is the Cliven Bundy uh, standoff with the uh, ATF, or BLM, excuse me, not ATF, um, with BLM and kind of what transpired there. Uh, first, I was glad to see kind of what happened happened. It looks like in that aftermath, there's a lot of people that have kind of uh, have different versions of what's gone on and this and that, and it seems that some of the people out there 
who were there to try and help. Uh, the Bundys ended up kind of getting into um, a little pissing contest, I guess. I don't know what else you would call it. Uh, but what it shows, though, is that we really need to, uh, if, if we're going out there to help somebody, we need to be there to help them. And we need to get our act together and we need to have some type of a chain of command in that thing. You know, that one of the reasons that the military works so well and one of the reasons that the police work so well, and this isn't to say that those organizations don't have their problems, they do, but one of the reasons that those things work so well, especially the military, is you have very clear cut chain of command. You know that that guy is in charge, and if that guy gets killed, you know that that guy is in charge next, and you know it kind of goes down the line. You understand. Basically, you just understand and you know who is in charge because that stuff has been made clear from the, from the get-go. Um, and when that stuff doesn't get made clear, that's when you see a lot of problems that can arise. Anyway, one of the other, one of the, another thing I wanted to talk about was I saw a video where it was saying, and I saw some stuff on Facebook where basically they were saying like, oh, you know, he, uh, he meaning Mr. Bunny, was saying some racist stuff. And I went and I watched the whole video, and I'll try and put a link to that on the show notes. But if you just if you just go in and type into YouTube and search for like Cliven Bundy, you know, racist remarks, I'm sure some of that stuff will do. But try and look for the full interview. So I watched the full interview. Now, do I think his comments were insensitive and uh, maybe derogatory and kind of um, not not well thought out? Yes to all those things. Do I think that he is really a racist guy? Uh, you know, I don't know this guy from anybody, but, but the, the bigger point of that is, is what we don't want to do is have what he said, take away from what actually was accomplished. And the bigger point of government coming in and trying to push around the little guy, because everybody, when you compare them to the government, is the little guy. If, they've, if they're focusing on you, you're the little guy. And it was a good thing that we got together, whether you know everything ran as smoothly as uh, everybody would have liked it to have gone or not, doesn't matter. The larger point is, is I think that we took a step in the right direction. Now, there has been a general, and I hesitate to use the word awakening because it's kind of cliche, but there's been a generally awakening of, uh, of a lot of people who are saying, well, wait a minute, you know, what's really going on here? Why does this, why is this happening? And, and this, that, and the other thing. And, and we see a lot of, uh, uh, there's some corruption now. I think on the last show I had talked a little bit about Harry Reid and maybe some energy energy company from China. I think that fell through actually before some of this stuff came through. That doesn't mean that there may not be future plans. That doesn't mean that uh, you know we'll weasel like Reid and, and uh, most of our unfortunate elected officials that we have unfortunately don't have plans for that. Don't uh, that they're that they're. Uh, you know, look, uh, you and I can all plan in advance, and guess what? So can they. Um, now, getting back a little bit to the Bundys, 
Do I think that this is going to be the end of it? No. I think that uh, ultimately there was so much media attention and national attention on this event that it forced them to kind of pull back. Pulling back does not mean that they've fully withdrawn. Uh, Generally, the government, uh, with very few exceptions, uh, when they want to get something their way, they want to get it their way, uh, they'll do it. It may take them a long time, but they'll eventually do it. Uh, So do not be surprised if you see something uh, coming up later. Um, uh, We could get into sort of the details of of kind of what was owed and this, that, and the other thing. uh, But you can find that stuff out for yourself. Um, I I will say this. I think, um, again, the overall thing, uh, a good thing did happen out there. And like I said, everything didn't go as smoothly as possible. Uh, but it, uh, it at least turned out in our favor. Uh, and, and we're seeing that kind of happen not as often as I would like, but, uh, but more, it's becoming more, uh, um, uh, something that we, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's becoming a little bit more normal, um, for lack of a better term to see something like that. Now, I also want to take a, uh, a moment uh, kind of a quick aside, and this doesn't really have anything to do with the show, but many of you guys know Ken Kowalski, who is, uh, he does a couple of podcasts out there. He's got Modern Rifle, uh, excuse me, Modern Rifleman Radio, as well as the Rimfire Podcast. Um, although he's kind of like me with the <laughs> with the Armed Ape Podcast, you know, you put them out when you can, but uh, a lot of times when you're actually doing two podcasts and you're producing them, it becomes difficult. But anyway, um Ken has been going through a lot of uh, medical issues lately, so if you uh, could send him a good word or uh, send him a message on Facebook of support and everything, uh, I know he would appreciate it. And I uh, just wanted to send out a quick shout out to you, Ken. Hope you get better. Hope everything is going well. And uh, I wish I could come out there and, and uh, visit you, but unfortunately that's not in the cards. So anyway, everybody send Ken some well wishes and some good vibes and all that stuff. All right, kind of now back into the show. Let's get on with a little bit of feedback. We have a little bit of feedback from our Brazilian friend, which is Lawrence, and he actually also has a YouTube channel. Oh, speaking of YouTube channels, I think I mentioned it last time. I don't know if I did or not. Uh, I have got a... I have got... Boy, what an orator I am. I have recently made a new channel over at YouTube, and this is called... Every Blade of Grass. And what I've done is I've gone over to both Armed Ape and Firearms Cafe website. And I changed the little YouTube button to where it'll link you to the new channel. Uh, The old channel, eh, I just wasn't really doing anything with it. I also was never, you know, 100% happy with the name. um, All that kind of jazz. Anyway... What I'm planning on doing is doing a lot more videos. I've transferred some of my older videos that I'd like to, that I think would maybe be appropriate for over there and have put them up. Uh, So I'd like to see the subscriptions over there grow. And eventually what that may turn into is sort of a video, maybe podcast or something that could go along and be more of an armed ape type companion type deal. Um, there is another thing that I'm thinking about doing, which is, it's just, it seems that, that 
in producing the two podcasts, what happens is, is I generally tend to focus in on one to the exclusion of the other. And what I was thinking about doing was having maybe with is, is combining the two podcasts and then having it in conjunction with um, the YouTube channel. So what I was thinking about doing was maybe having an armed ape section in Firearms Cafe. And uh, I, I know in the past I used to keep this one, uh, Firearms Cafe, I used to keep this show as, for the most part, pretty family friendly. Uh, and for the most part, you know, armed ape and stuff like that was as well. You know, there was a few things with language here and there. But what I've done is I've put explicit tags on this podcast too because sometimes I do use, uh, you know, adult language and talk about adult themes and stuff like that. So, uh, and, and that's kind of, you know, where I'm going to go forward on that. But, you know, it's not every other word isn't going to be a curse word or anything like that. But if the occasional one gets in there or if we talk about something that's, you know, more adult in nature... Um, then uh, I, I did want to have the explicit tag on there, just so that people would kind of know what they're they're in for, uh, if it ever does come up. Uh, anyway, getting back to uh, some of the feedback that we got, we got some feedback from again, like I said, Lawrence, our uh, our uh, American from Brazil, and he had done a thing through Speakpipe, which I have over on the website. And then he did another thing where he sent in kind of like a, a, uh, um, a finishing up of, um, of, the, of the audio feedback that he had done through SpeakPipe. Well, unfortunately, I don't know if the microphone was on mute or if something wasn't working on his setup, but it didn't. I got zero audio through SpeakPipe. Um, now when I went back and I tested it and I sent messages to myself and I don't know, maybe it's just on the day that he did it, something was wrong with, uh, you know, with the website or anything like that. I'm not really sure, but unfortunately we didn't get the first part of Lawrence's feedback. So uh, I'm, I, and I'm not going to have the audacity to say, Oh, you know, send it in again, Lawrence. But you know, if you wanted to email something or, or, or record something again and, and get your points out, that'd be great. What I will do though, is I will play the stuff that he sent. And he's talking about one of the YouTube videos, which is entitled Glock Fail. So I'll go ahead and play that, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about that. Well, Tony, I guess I will finish what I started with your system, the voicemail system. I'm recording in my equipment right now. I just want to finish my thoughts. Um, I was able to see by the end of the video that uh, you were trying to establish uh how could you shoot the nine millimeter in a you know costly effective way so that was a nice video very interesting you as a prepper uh trying to establish that i i guess it sends uh you know a message that we can always create and invent ways to do what we need to do on a lesser cost i'm not sure if you if you're getting what I'm saying here, but I just want to, you know, finish my message saying that I appreciate everything you do and uh, all the hard work putting uh, the episodes, very interesting views. Please continue to do what you're doing and don't get discouraged. Thanks again. Bye-bye. All right, Lawrence, thanks for sending that in. Again, uh, I'm not sure what went wrong. I don't think it's anything on, on my end. I think it may have been 
one of those deals, maybe through SpeakPipe. Excuse me, man, that's hard to say. SpeakPipe. Um, so anyway, um, the video, uh, which was entitled Glock Fail, it shows where I'm doing tons of, uh, uh, I'm having doing tons of failure drills. Uh, so tap rack main, you know, and all this other stuff. And it goes on for quite a while. And the reason I had it go on for so long, I know I just really wanted to kind of drive home the point that I was just having all these failures. And the the reason is that I had done some reloads and uh, had done them as cheaply as possible. And what that caused was there was not enough pressure to cycle the slide. So you were, I was just getting all these failures, this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, a lot of times we talk about, one of the things that Lawrence was talking about was, you know, when you are putting things aside and when you're preparing, you want to try and do it as economically as possible. But what you don't want to have happen is that you, you go so inexpensively or cheaply, however you want to call it, bargain basement, that the stuff doesn't work or that it may fail on you after a while. Uh, you know, sometimes you're better off buying maybe a hundred dollar axe or something like that rather than buying three or four twenty-five dollar ones uh, because those ones fail. Or this, and an axe is just an example, but you know, you know, you guys know what I mean. So sometimes, you know, you'll buy the cheaper piece of equipment and you say, eh, I really won't use it that much, and then you use it and you burn out the motor, like maybe like a grinder or something, but. Uh, you know, when you're like, oh, I, you know, or, or, or like a power drill where you're like, man, I wish I just, should, I should have just bought that, you know, that Milwaukee or the the DeWalt that I wanted. I should have just got that in the, from the jump because now I've bought, you know, three different drills and I've ended up paying pretty much the same price. So, uh, but I think I've said pretty much, oh, well, and another thing, you know, with the, with the Bundy thing. And I, I've, I've touched on this on other shows, but I think it bears repeating. A lot of times, you know, there's a thing uh, when you anamorphize something. Basically, when you give uh, an animal or uh, an object uh, human-like traits. And uh, you give them things and, and you assign things to them that they don't actually have. And sometimes in the gun culture, we do that with um, with people. When we see a, a news story or when something comes to our attention, what we tend to do is say, oh, this guy was a concealed carry holder, or this guy was this, or this guy is kind of pro-gun, and so therefore he must be a good person. He must be a noble person. He has to be, uh, you know... Uh, one of us, this, that, and the other thing. And sometimes, just because somebody has a concealed carry permit or somebody's used a gun to defend themselves, doesn't necessarily mean that they were in the right in doing that. doesn't necessarily mean that they would be a good and decent and kind person. Uh, so we need to be very, very careful about who we get behind and who we support and it's a different thing if, if you know if somebody had maybe a few philosophical differences from you. Um, and you, let's, just, let's just go politically. Let's say you're a strong conservative or whatever, or uh, you're a strong Democrat, and the person who defended themselves was a libertarian or you know whatever, a Green Party guy. And you say, well, you know what? I don't really agree with all that stuff, and I don't like his stances on you know uh, 
drugs or immigration or blah, 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 whatever it's going to be. But, you know, this guy was in the right and he seems to, you know, other than our political differences and some philosophical differences, he seems to be a generally a, a decent person. Uh, but what I'm talking about is, you know, that uh, uh, there are some people out there that uh, are not uh, very nice people that are, uh, but are still, you know, they, they still have uh, firearms and this, that, and the other thing. And we need to not let the firearm basically give them qualities that they don't have. Or just because somebody says, and we've heard that before, well, I'm pro-gun and I'm this and I'm that, uh, it, uh, it doesn't necessarily make that person a good person overall. Um, so again, I think, um, that kind of reminds me of another point I had about the Bundy thing, you know, that a lot of people wanted to kind of throw, oh, maybe a lot of, um, qualities. They wanted to embody him with certain things that maybe he doesn't have. Maybe he does. Like I said, I, I don't know. And, and unfortunately, I think it's one of those things where, We've divided ourselves up, you know, on all these different lines. All and I, I kind of wish that we could all just be people, and, and that uh, that we could kind of try and come together and and, and uh, learn from each other and give each other respect and uh, try and and uh, put minor differences aside and uh, not focus on the differences, but focus on what we've got in common and and uh, and what the things that we could accomplish if we would kind of not squabble and cooperate. So not to beat a dead horse too much, but you know, if you think about it, it would be kind of like if he was out there and, um, somebody was saying, well, yeah, I'm pro gun and I'm this and that. And I'm, you know, uh, we're out here on the ranch and we need guns to defend ourselves. But let me tell you what, you know, you don't need to have a, Anything that holds more than a handgun that holds more than six six bullets, and you don't need anything other than a lever action rifle, and that's all you need. And anything else, well, that's just you know that's overkill, and the military should have that. You know, if he was saying that stuff, you know, how would you feel about that? Um, and a lot of times, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to make this be an attack on the guy, but this is the guy that said this stuff. So, and, and again, the point I'm trying to make is that we divide ourselves up way too much over a lot of stuff that really is just imaginary. Um, If you said, oh, I'm only going to hang out with people who have blue eyes or green eyes or brown eyes, you know, you you would, if you heard somebody say that, you would say that that person was an idiot. Um, But people regularly say, well, I only want to hang out with people that are, you know, Hispanic like me, or I only want to hang out with people that are black like me, or white like me, or, you know, whatever. So anyway, I think I am beating the dead horse into the ground, so I will move on. All right, guys, I'm going to draw the show to a close. I know it has been a little bit shorter. Uh, And again, Lauren, sorry that your first part didn't get through. Hopefully, uh, if you want, you can send in other stuff, but don't feel obligated to. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up. I will uh, talk to you next time. And for my friend Ken, please get well soon. Do whatever you can. Stay strong and know that we're all pulling for you. Take care. Bye. The way to get rid of tension is to do just the opposite of all the things that cause it. Cause it. Cause it. We can flag into the sunset. Then we're coming
I was kicking bad habits, I would take it, I would grab it. Now my ears ringing, I'm seeing the situation weird. So I'm fleeing the scene, I come clean, let me intervene. I'm in the business of fucking with your head. Saying shit that has never ever really been said. Look what you did, you can't feel it no more. It's kinda sad, you don't even know what's real anymore. I can't even the score, I don't believe it no more. By the time I got the focus, couldn't see it no more. Guess you deceiving them all, thought you wasn't involved. You never had a clue, so nothing ever resolved. Now, how clever is God? How evil is man? Triggering right hand. 